Uh, all right, so what is up, guys, and welcome to episode two of the Kaizen podcast. Um, I'm your host, Will Sage, here with your other host, AJ Quimson. AJ Quimson. And That's uh, good. yeah, and welcome back to the Kaizen podcast. Um, again, if by chance you didn't le- listen to episode one, um, we decided on the name Kaizen, the Kaizen podcast, because it essentially means um, change for the better um, in Japanese and to seek continuous improvement. Um, and basically, that's what this podcast is all about. Um, it's about constant improvement, you know, with, you know, fitness related, business related and so on and so forth. Um, and last episode, we kind of dove into um, where AJ dove into my background, um, leading me to where I'm at today. Um, and today we're going to be doing the opposite and I'm going to be diving into AJ's background and hopefully like learning some shit I didn't know before. So you're probably going to learn a bunch of shit you didn't know before. Yeah. So you ready, man? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. So if y'all didn't know, I think we mentioned last podcast, me and AJ have been boys for quite some time now. Um, he's practically a brother to me. Um, and I actually know a lot about his life from, I would say probably high school to now till today. Yeah. But I actually feel like I don't know anything about it before that. So that being said, can you dive into your childhood and what it was like growing up? Yeah. So I'm the youngest of six kids. They're not really kids, but, uh, everybody's a half sibling. So I have two brothers and one sister on my dad's side. And then I have two sisters and one brother on my mom's side. So everybody on my dad's side, they're all old enough to be my parents. Like uh, my oldest brother is 23 years older than me. My oldest sister is 22 years older than me. And then my second oldest brother is 21 years older than me. So I've always been the baby, I guess. Um, I grew up in like what I thought was like a pretty normal household, but like, I guess not really if your siblings are almost your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I grew up in uh, the Bay Area. So uh, I'm from uh, San Mateo. Specifically, I grew up in Foster City for the first like 18 years of my life. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it was uh, it was definitely weird there, like I guess compared to normal places because it's it's more diverse. Um, Everyone's pretty nice. Like I didn't experience like or see anything like bullying or nothing like that, except like for my family (laughs) um yeah i mean i was pretty active growing up i had like really poor eating habits like we would eat like pizza every friday get sushi every saturday and then eat some crap every sunday i'd eat ice cream like pretty much every night (laughs) um but yeah i played sports growing up i played um baseball hated it i was was scared of the ball i kept getting pegged (laughs) (laughs) i would cry about it (laughs) that's funny because i played baseball too it was like the same thing it's like my dad was like bro you're playing baseball like no and he just kept pushing me to it um real quick we're gonna back up there a little bit um you said you have six siblings or you're the sixth sibling i have six siblings you have six siblings like, yeah. let's dive more into that, like, first. Like, wh- what was that all about? Because you said your oldest one's 23 years older than you? Yeah. So, like, what is a household like with six siblings? <laughs> well, as long as I can remember, my my dad's side, they didn't live with us. So I mostly grew up with 
my two sisters and my brother on my mom's side. Uh, I didn't see my dad's family too much. Like uh, one of my brothers, he moved to Hawaii for like I think eight years. Uh, my oldest brother, I just didn't see him that much. And then um, my sister, when I was young, she lived in like Fairfield, which is like a couple hours away. So I didn't really see them too often. Mostly grew up with um, my two sisters on my mom's side that are twins and then um, my brother. Yeah, see, I, I didn't even know any of this. <laughs> I thought you had, yeah. like, two sisters, and that's it. But, no, yeah. But that's wild, and, and you're 100% Filipino, right? Probably, maybe. <laughs> like, 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 as far as you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so... To be honest, I'm probably, like, part Chinese or something. Okay, okay, but your dad is from the Philippines, correct? Yeah, yeah. So my mom and my dad are both um, immigrants. They came here, uh, like, right before I was born, a couple of years before I was born, and... Um, yeah, so I'm I'm the first generation Filipino American. That's it. Did yeah. you get any fights with your siblings growing up? Oh, I did a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have older brothers, I know that. Yeah, my my oldest brothers they're they're really cool. Um, me and the the brother closest to my age, he we got, we bumped heads a lot. Like, I think um, he wanted the relationship where like he could teach me stuff and, and stuff like that, and uh, basically because his dad wasn't around when he was growing up and I think it was just something that, like he was missing or something. And, um, yeah, it just, it just didn't go the right way. So, uh, we would fight a lot, especially like as I got older, I started doing like jujitsu and wrestling and I was like into fighting, uh, not like, not like fighting in the streets, but like <laughs> I, I was into like MMA before it was cool. And, uh, I was always pretty athletic. So once I got older, I was like, dude, I'm not taking any more shit. <laughs> Yeah, and you put you put the beating down, huh? <laughs> um, we're gonna get back to that in a little bit, but uh, I know you said like you grew up eating a lot of junk. Yeah. How do you think that affected you? Yeah, I mean, I I would say like you, I totally understand when people are like, oh, it's it's really hard for me to stop eating this or stop eating that because like, for me when I was growing up, I would I would leave any any time I left the store, I would have a bag of like gummy candy with me like at least one so like you know ribs or trolley stuff or like anything like that I was always eating that um I remember even one time when I was in middle school we went to like cost plus like world market and they had this five pound bag of like gummies like the ones that are like colored and then the yeah light on the bottom the Harbro. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I brought that to school and I was uh I don't know I, I guess I was just like really stingy and like scarcity mindset because that's how I was like I grew up and like I remember one time this girl she grabbed that grabbed it out of my bag because it was in my sweater pocket and I was like <laughs> have that back <laughs> she already touched like, it and stuff like now that shit's mine yeah i like asked for it back but i had like you know four pounds of it in my, yeah my <laughs> so i thought it was pretty funny oh, shit. I, mean, I grew out of that but yeah <laughs> that's wild man but uh would you say you're overweight in high school so like or growing up i should say it was like kind of on and off so like if i wasn't playing sports then i would just get a little bit fatter because i had like bad eating habits you know uh, so like in some of my kid pictures, you can see like my face is like hella fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then other times it's like pretty normal. Like, uh, especially when I got to like high school and I was like playing football and stuff, like most of my day was spent being active. Like, um, that was kind of when I knew I was like, I had like the fire to be pursuing extra stuff. Cause like, I remember for football, like I'd only played for two years before my senior year. I'd never, I didn't even know anything really about football before then. Like. I just knew what a touchdown was. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, I mean, I was just so invested into it. I wanted to have like a six senior season. So we used to, um, me and like eight or nine guys, we would break into the school weight room at six in the morning every day over the summer and we would train and then we would run our own conditioning and then we would show up to practice at like, you know, 10, 11 a.m. and then do it all over again. Damn. So what's funny about this is I know I've told you a similar story for me um, is that AJ and I have similar backgrounds here where um, I actually used to break into my high school <laughs> gym and um, I actually got caught once and uh, they wanted to send me like like arrest me. Oh, really? um, yeah. But the funny thing is, is the person who gave me like the key because I had a key was the chief of police. <laughs> so he just like had to act like I was in trouble and because the principal like hated me. And he like wanted, wanted my ass to get like burned for it. But that's funny that, see, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty funny. Like uh, our, our coach eventually found out that we were doing that and he was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah like, he, he was like, hell yeah, you keep doing that shit. I'm yeah. not gonna say anything, but you know, keep doing it. Yeah, see, like, I, if I was a coach, I'd be stoked on that too. Um, but like you said, I feel like, you know, like you said, like, like, that's how you knew you were, you know, meant for, you know, to go a different route in life is, is, is it because your pursuit of things, you just like, you get locked on and you just go after it? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I'm into something, I get like super fixated on it. It's like all I think about like all the time. So like when it was, when I was younger, it was jujitsu. Like I was I was like high key, like obsessed with it. <laughs> you know, I like, yeah. I loved like rolling and fighting. And, um, I thought it was cool. Cause I was like, I was 12 years old and I was like fighting all the grown guys. So I was like fighting people that were like in their mid late twenties and older. And I, I was whooping some ass. So I was like, Oh, this is dope. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, after that it was like football. Cause I was like, Oh, it's like right here. It's at my school. Uh, cause my parents didn't want to pay for jujitsu. I only used to do that in New Jersey when I was visiting my sister over the summers and then I would come home and not do it for a year and then do it again over the summer. Um, but yeah. And then I got really fixated on football and then I didn't play in college. And then, uh, I was actually trying out for the community college team and, uh, low key kind of sucked because, <laughs> uh, I was, I, I was only good at playing running back and, and then like, I was like playing slot and I was like, yo, this which community college was that? Uh, CSM. And they were, so they were really good. So it wasn't just like an average, you know, uh, community college. Like they were sending like a ton of people to like D one and all that stuff. Um, and then eventually I was like, uh, I was doing that. And then I would also leave right after that and then go to rugby practice and I would run for like another, like two, three hours. And then like my body didn't really like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to ask about because um, I feel like a lot of people don't know you played college rugby, right? Yeah. yeah. So like after I was trying out for that, um, I was just playing like basically after high school football was done. Like I grew up with like all Polynesians, like mostly Tongans. And we had like this, this club team in uh, San Mateo and they were like, oh, you should play. And I was like, well, shit, I don't have anything else to do. So <laughs> I might as well go play. And then uh, a few months in, like, I still didn't know what the hell I was doing. And uh, this big dude, he was like 300 pounds. He, uh, <laughs> he cleared me off the ruck when I didn't know what I was doing. We were playing touch against the men's team. So, like, I didn't think anyone was going to hit me. And then he hit me, and I kind of flipped backwards, and my, my toe got dug into the, to the uh, 
to the turf and then it twisted underneath me. So my, uh, my heel was pointing towards the sky and my, and it was underneath me and there's a 300 pound guy on top of me. And it basically just, just destroyed my ankle for like a year. Like I couldn't do anything without my ankle hurting. And then, um, yeah, was so like after I tried out for the, um, community college team, like I kind of just stopped going, uh, cause I was, uh, well one, they weren't, they weren't really giving me a shot. Um, and two, I just got a job at like the airport so I could make some money. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go work, you know, and, uh, try and pay for, pay my way through community college and stuff like that. And then while I was there, um, I was always joking. I was, I was still playing like club rugby with the men's team. And I was always joking with my, uh, my high school coach. I was like, Hey, when you get me into Cal, <laughs> cause he's like, he was like cool with them. And I, I would just say it all the time. And then one day I was at work and, uh, one of my friends whose brother was on the team, he was like, Hey, you know, the Cal coaches are looking for you, right? I was like, no, <laughs> I've never talked to them. And he was like, you should call them. So I called them that night. They were like, Hey, it's really hard to get a meeting with coach Clark, but, um, you know, he has time tomorrow. Can you make it? So I drove from like San Mateo to Berkeley. I showed up and they were like, yeah, your grades are like, okay. Like I applied to go to Rutgers and Hawaii and I got into both of them, but then I chose to not go because I just didn't want to be a spring transfer. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a really rushed thing. If you're a spring transfer, just trying to find like an apartment and move and like do all this stuff in like three weeks. Uh, especially when you don't live there. <laughs> um, so like I, luckily I didn't go there and, um, they were like, well, you can apply and we'll see what happens. And, you know, that basically meant like they're, you know, they, they tagged my application cause like there's no spring transfers for UCs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was literally, I was there from the time that I first talked to them, like two and a half weeks later, I was there for training camp. Dude, that's wild. Like <laughs> if you actually like think about that, that's like a, that, that could be like a story to make a movie out of. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. here you are at the airport. Yeah. And someone's like, yo, bro, they're looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know Dude, what I mean? That's what it felt like. And, you know, like I was looking at their stuff and like at the time, like, I mean, even and even now, like they're the premier rugby team in the country, really, or the rugby program. Mm -hmm. They're like, like being part of the Cal rugby team is it's like being like on the Al Alabama football team in college. Like it was well put together. Like it, everyone took it like super serious. Like that's all we were supposed to do. Um yeah, so it was a crazy experience. Like, I think uh, it didn't it didn't turn out the way that like I wanted it to, but it definitely taught me a lot about like being more accountable and like being a man and, and stuff like that, which I think uh, is more beneficial than like you know rugby skills. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, like I don't know shit about rugby, so like <laughs> I don't know the first thing about rugby. I just know like. I feel like it's like football, but more hardcore. <laughs> like I've seen it on like TV and I'm just like, I don't really understand this, Yeah. but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, still like all I'm picturing right now, what'd you do at the airport? Uh, so I, I was like the ramper. Um, so like, you know, when the plane comes in, you see the people with like the, the, the neon sticks. sticks. Yeah, that's what so, I'm picturing. So I was doing that. And then I would be like, I would throw the bags into the, uh, into the pit. That's where like all your bags get stored yeah. underneath the plane. Um, and then I eventually became like the transfer runner, which meant like I had to just keep tabs on every flight that was coming in and I would go check on it and see if there was any transfer bags that other airports didn't, uh, didn't mark. And if I got, you know, a couple, couple of mistakes from other people, it made us look really good. And then I can just basically chill for the rest of the day. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just yeah. picturing like 
AJ over here with like sticks, like taxiing and like. Aircraft. Oh, I was doing that. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I'm just like picturing that. It's making me yeah. laugh. And I was, yeah, I mean, I was like the same way. Like, I'd be like this and I'd be like dancing <laughs> on the side of the plane. He'd player. be like getting it, you know? Like, he probably couldn't listen to music, but I'm just like picturing you with like AirPod in, just like. Yeah. Oh, you get, can. Yeah. Getting it with a wand, like a neon wand, like yeah. taxiing them in, being that guy. Um, I that guy. <laughs> um, where does Hawaii fit into all this? Yeah. So. Um, I always wanted to go to Hawaii, um, I think partially because I grew up with a lot of Polynesians, and um, I think seeing the way that their culture is, it's, like, very giving. It's very, like, if I got it, you got it, and, like, mm-hmm. that was, like, hanging out with my Tongan friends basically broke my uh, stinginess and scarcity mindset. Like, you know, like I just said earlier, like, I didn't want to give people, like, something that I had, like, a lot of, and then when I was hanging out with them, you know... I was the one that could drive. So when I drove, um, you know, they're, you, you see them interact with their families and they're like, if they, if, uh, in their culture, it's like, if you see your elder out in public, it, they have to give you money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, you know, we'd be like a Jack in the box or something. And then, uh, they'd see like their auntie or their uncle and they'd be like, Oh, here. And they give them like 20 bucks. And then, you know, uh, whoever that was, like, he'd be like, all right, if I got 20, we got 20. What are we getting? You know? Yeah, for and sure. So, like, I, I always admired, like, Polynesian culture, and I always thought it was really interesting. <clears throat> and I liked the island life, you know, so I wanted to go there. So that's why I applied. Um, the only reason I didn't go the first time I applied was, like I said, I didn't want to be a spring transfer. And it was, like, mid-December, and school in, in uh, at UH starts really early. So it started on January 7th. So I was like, well, I can't just, like, pick up everything and leave in three weeks. Like, I don't know how I would do that. Um, and you know, you have to pay like out of state, um, fees and stuff like that. But basically when I was at Cal, I, uh, it didn't work out because I stopped trying as hard because, um, I was with this girl at the time and she didn't like that. I did anything other than hang out with her. Nice. So I never hung out with my teammates like not once. Um, I didn't do extra conditioning. Like that's kind of how they do things there. It's like, at practice, the only thing we're working on is skills and game plan, and mm-hmm. you need to stay in shape on your own kind of thing. Uh, so I didn't do that. So I was, like, really fucking out of shape when I was playing. And I, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but, yeah, so, like, while I was there, it didn't, it wasn't working out. And um, that was when I got really fat because I was just eating nothing but, like, <laughs> takeout and, like, pizza. And I, I had no restriction. You know, like, you have bad eating habits, and then all of a sudden you have freedom, you know, and it goes, you go wild. Yeah. yeah. It's like kind of like the same thing. Like if you, if you never had money before and you have bad spending habits, someone gives you a million dollars, you're going to blow it all. Yep. You know, you, you don't, you don't have the skills or like the understanding of how to, to handle that freedom. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that. And I was like fat as fuck. <laughs> I weighed like, um, while I was playing, I was like 20 pounds more than I weigh right now. And, uh, and you're bigger now. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously like, I like have muscular like, wise. Yeah, so it was probably like quite a bit of fat then yeah so i I would say probably like 35 45 uh 30 to 45 pounds of like fat more all right we're right now we're gonna get into it here in a little bit but was that like your before picture for bodybuilding yeah yeah is that like the start (laughs) yeah so like i got really into it when i was like at cal and i was just watching youtube videos like all day just trying to figure figure it out because i was like dude i'm fucking fat this sucks you know <laughs> um in my head i was like all right well i'm um, i'm a d1 athlete right you know like i play in like a great program 
I should be in the best shape of my life right now and I look like a piece of shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so like your confidence takes a dive and everything. Um, so I got really into it. And at some point, like, I, I mean, like when I was growing up, I never knew what I wanted to be. And I always kind of had that idea that one day it'll just smack me in the face. And I'll be like, oh shit, that's what I want to do. Yep. And, um, I had that moment. I was in my little shitty apartment, <laughs> which was Were like, you in Hawaii. No, I was in, uh, <laughs> I was at Cal and I was like, I want to study kinesiology because mm-hmm. this is all I think about. So I, I went immediately to my counselor, uh, and he, I was like, yo, I want to do kinesiology. He's like, oh, that's great. Except we only have <laughs> kinesiology as a master's program here at Cal. And I Damn. was like, oh, I don't want to go back for master's, <laughs> you know? And then, um, so he was like, all right, well, you could try like uh, the College of Nutritional Sciences and, and stuff like that. So I went over there and I was going to do like nutritional science. And uh, they basically said, well, at this college, you have to finish within eight semesters of starting school. And I was like, well, I'm a junior transfer. So I've already and and I've already been here for a year. So I have like I'll, I've basically done that already. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. So what you would have to do is take two bio and two chem classes every semester until you left. I was like, well, I'm probably not going to pass that. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that would be a hard no for me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't do it and, um, I, uh, didn't do that well that semester and I got put on academic probation. And, uh, when that happens, like they, they sort of take away your financial aid. Um, I mean, you can actually appeal for it, which I didn't know at the time, but I already wanted to leave anyways. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to leave. I don't like it here. And, um, I like, went to I went back to a community college and started doing like some prereqs and I was like I'm gonna go to Hawaii because I always wanted to go there and uh, I'm gonna study kinesiology because I can and then um yeah I ended up moving there for a year and it was it was probably like the hardest year one of the hardest years of my life like it, it I I always wanted to go away to college because I knew that I would never grow up if I always lived where I was comfortable mm-hmm. so I had to learn how to be on my own because I didn't want to be like Oh, I live at home in college and then all of a sudden I'm a fucking grown ass man. I don't know how to do anything. You know? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. But yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Hawaii and, um, I, uh, the counselors didn't really explain it to me very well and it was hard to find all the information, but because of all the prereqs I had to take to graduate with a kinesiology degree, I was basically a freshman again. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was really stubborn though. Like I am pretty stubborn. Like if I say I'm going to do something, yeah, you're going to do it, it. It takes a lot for me to quit. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, my ex, she wanted to go home. We like kind of broke up like halfway through. Um, but we had to live together still. Cause I was like, I don't know how to make money. I was making like $10 an hour at a supplement store. Like half of it was under the table. Um, I was, I was working full time and I was going to school full time. So I had nothing, I had no time to do anything like, so, so the cool Island life, like that wasn't my life. <laughs> and it's super expensive there too, right? Yeah. 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 So like, you know, I was for sure living like paycheck to paycheck in like this little shitty apartment that didn't have AC. Uh, I didn't have a car for the first six months. So I would walk everywhere, like including all my groceries and, you know, like when you're trying to be a bodybuilder, like you're carrying like a fuck ton of groceries, yeah. like 15 pounds. And you don't take two trips. Yeah, well, I mean, I I, I had to you walk it from the store. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a, it was definitely a rough year, and um, the reason I I ended up leaving is it was a it was a lot, and I would have stayed, and it it might have gotten better, like, but um, my nephew, my godson, he had a seizure, and so my sister called me one day before school, 
uh, before before I had class, and she was like, "Hey, he had a," or she texted me, she's like, "Hey, he had a seizure, but he's okay now." And at that point, like I had already kind of looked up whether Cal would take me back or not, and uh, you know, obviously Cal is like great school, and um, so I already kind of had it in my head, but I just was too stubborn to like give up, and uh, but when she called me with that. I was like, oh, was he okay now? And she was like, yeah, you don't have to come or anything like that. Um, but then I kind of realized at the time, I was like, I don't even have the means to like go back even if I need to. Like, I don't have that money. Like, you, like you can even pay for a plane ticket? I couldn't pay for a plane ticket and cover my rent for that yeah. month, you know? Wow. So like I didn't, uh, up until like a few years ago, I'd never had more than like $1,000 in the bank. Yep. Really, something like that. Um, yeah, so at that point I was like, dude, like, it's too much like obviously this relationship isn't working out i'm not like um I'm, i don't want to stay for like four years of school really i'm only staying for my pride and i can't be there for my family so like i i just went back i just came back do you sit do you think that because you were in hawaii for a year right yeah yeah do you think that that jump-started you at all like do, like you know like sometimes when you go somewhere like let's say you know you move somewhere for a year you know in this case it was hawaii and you come back, it feels like it's been like five years of like maturity. Oh, like, yeah. do, do you feel like you got that from Hawaii? Oh, a thousand percent. Like, what when I lived in Berkeley, like I still, uh, you know, I, I was close to home. Like, mm -hmm. I could, I drove back like every weekend to hang out with my ex girlfriend and uh, sometimes to hang out with my family or whatever it was. So like, when I actually left to Hawaii, um, and like I said, I'm I'm pretty prideful. Like, I hate asking people for money. Mm -hmm. I don't like asking. Like, at at this point now, I'm better at asking for help on things, but like, I don't like asking for money. I don't like asking for handouts. I don't want anybody's help. I don't think it's anybody else's responsibility to take care of my life. So, um, yeah, you know, like I had to figure it out and I, I, I guess I have a tendency of like going places and, uh, not knowing how I'm going to do stuff. <laughs> so, I, literally, we, we, we moved to, uh, we moved to Hawaii. We flew in there. We didn't have an apartment. <laughs> And so we had to tour it, and I was, like, driving, like, this little fucking U-Haul around. Wait, so you moved there. Like, you were there. I was there at and Airbnb. Like, like, you didn't even know where you were going to stay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were just totally winging it. Because, like, um, on the on the few Craigslist things that I did see, I mean, one, I was like, I don't know where the fuck any of this is and in relation to school. And mm -hmm. then, two, uh, some of them were like, you got to be here in person. And I was like, oh, fuck, well, like, I'm not just going to keep looking for this shit just to get, like shut down denied that you're not there yeah yet. i mean i did find out like once you get there that it's a pretty normal thing and if you talk to them they'll let you sign the lease but you know we showed up there we found this shitty apartment and the way that they they modeled it you know for everyone to see it looked nice and i was like oh this is dope yeah and you get in there and it was a shill <laughs> yeah i mean you get in there and then you realize like oh i i I forgot. I, ha I actually have stuff you know yeah <laughs> like, they just have like a table and a yeah. bed in there and then um yeah like that that building it was like made out of fucking clay and so all day it was just baking the heat in and then at night it would be like 95 plus in there which was How'd like sleep? disgusting it was it was, it was really hard because <laughs> like like we, we run pretty hot just yeah, naturally like for sure like i set my place to like 62 degrees every night just yeah. so i can sleep and if it's above 70 like my ass ain't sleeping like yeah yeah oh so man was, i can't imagine it was a that. rough time like you know, it was so humid. Like every time I took a shower, as soon as I like, hopped out the shower, I was like, I'm fucking dirty again. You know, yeah. like I'm already sweating. They're like gross. Yeah. Like that's such a gross feeling. Yeah. And then I remember, dude, like in the middle of, of that year, um, you know, 
our wall was was shared with like the, the next door neighbor's wall and it was mm-hmm. like their sink and our sink and i don't know what the hell they did but they were like doing something and so they were running like the the garbage disposal and it was like backing up into their sink like so the it, bubbling up on your side yeah so it was uh. bubbling up on our side and i was like what the fuck so i, I started turning ours on and we were just having like this like war battle. yeah and it, and it was just like it would, it would like go up my sink and then i'd run the the garbage disposal it would go back down and i'm assuming it went up on their side and then they did it again <laughs> And the grossest part was that it started coming out of that sink and the sink in the bathroom. Uh. And it, it got to the point where it overflowed out of our bathroom sink onto the floor. And it was obviously not our food, which is oh my fucking gross. Right. Uh. Uh, Cause like, I was like, dude, there's fucking noodles. We don't, we didn't eat noodles. Oh, like, you're make me gag right now. <laughs> yeah, so it was absolutely gross. Oh, oh I'm about to gag. <laughs> You know, oh, like just coming. see somebody else's food coming out. You're like, I, I was like freaking out, like in this hot ass apartment, like, oh my God, dude, like this is gross. You know, so we hit them up and then they, they did something and they, they tried to fix it. They basically had to fix like a, a broken pipe in the middle of the wall, mm-hmm. but they left that, that hole open. And from then on, there was like these little bugs that would come into our fucking apartment. So like, it was just not. It was just Not like it was just like bad on bad on bad on yeah, bad basically yeah and I kind of know what you mean it's funny because like AJ and I like we always have like things that like it's like the same thing that happened kind yeah. of um, we knew each other at the time for sure yeah because you've known me since I was like in the military staring yeah. in, staying in the barracks and it was like you know I moved into like jail's like ex girlfriend's apartment yeah for yeah, a while yeah. and then I moved into an apartment after that. Um, and our neighbors are super, super nice, but something happened and like our toilet downstairs, like <laughs> literally blew up. Like, like it was like a cartoon. That's so like, gross. it, like a pipe burst and it blew up, like exploding and it was all crap. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, dude. So like when you're saying that, I'm just picturing this, like, cause like the same thing happened to me and I'm like, ugh. and it was like the same case. Like when we viewed that apartment, it was like a super nice apartment. So it looked like, yeah. and then we get it. We're like, Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like that's just like growing pains. You got to go through to like yeah. learn. And I feel like if you never went to Hawaii, you would like, you know, it's just like things you learn along the way, like how to look for an apartment, you know, like what to do when you get somewhere, like you make all these mistakes and it, you know, it leads you to where you are now. And like you said, um, <clears throat> you said like, you feel like you want to become like, like a man yeah. if you want to have left. And I feel like a lot of people like undervalue that. Like, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, like about leaving and like if people should leave or not, or people who are struggling yeah. with leaving, like, what do you think about that? Like personally, I think that challenge or like change comes from like going outside of your comfort zone like you'll never grow unless you're uncomfortable and so part of that is just understanding like if i'm always comfortable here i'll never really be any better than i am today you know i'm never going to learn anything so all the times that you were in an uncomfortable situation that's when you learned a lesson that made you better for your later life you know and i i uh, i've always just been interested in like jump starting that like like to be honest when i was growing up you know being the youngest of like six, like, you know, they treated me like I was like a fucking baby. (laughs) So there's a lot of things that like I didn't do. And like, I don't want to say I was like a total shithead, but, um, I didn't have like a great understanding on responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like recognize that in myself. So part of leaving was me trying to learn how to be more responsible and how to be a man and how to take care of myself. Cause like up until that point, like I had always had help and I, 
as much as I appreciate it, like I, of course I appreciate it, but I hate taking their money. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know like when he says this, like he means this, like I know him very, very well and we're both similar in this very way. And I think for you, cause like, obviously like you're moving to Hawaii and then you had your girlfriend at the time and you're probably, you know, trying to like make ends meet for both. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's hard, you know? Yeah. And like, like you said, like, just like learning that responsibility and there's something big in that. And you know, for the listeners there, I think like people who struggle with leaving, like, they're like, oh, like, I've been here my whole life. Or, like, you know, you hear it a lot in California. They're like, oh, I don't want to leave California. And, like, great, yeah, California's great. It's beautiful. I'm like, oh, my family's here. And I feel like people always, like, get stuck in that mindset. Like, oh, my family's here. And then yeah. they don't realize they're actually just super comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who knows? Maybe, like, taking that move is what you need to make that, like, next step in life. Like, yeah. if, you went to, if you didn't go to Hawaii, do you think you'd still be here? No, not really. Yeah, because, like, everything we've done to this point has led yeah. us to this point. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I think a lot of people, they just, like, miss that that step or they're scared to take that step. And what I always say is I'm like, you can always come back. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> yeah, like, that's, what th- you that's did. basically the way I think. I'm like, nothing is permanent. Like, one thing that I'm very big on that I tell, like, all my clients and I, you know, tell anybody who wants to hear it is just that if you can take ownership of everything that happens <clears> into your life, like, you know, and just say that this is my responsibility, like this is my fault, you can change anything. Nothing is permanent. So like, you don't like the way that your job is, like quit, change it, get another job. You know, if you don't like where you live or you don't like the people that are in your life, and that includes family sometimes, like if you're, if you really hate being around them or they really like bring your life down, then like you got to recognize that. And it's like, you know, there's ideals of the way that we want to think the world is, but if it's not, you know, making you any better then it's and why stay should, in it you yeah know I mean? exactly you know yeah yeah and i think that's huge especially like the family part because like you know as as much as like family is family you know like i know like probably for both of us we probably have you know people in our life like who are more family to us than like blood family you know what oh, i mean yeah for does, sure. that, like, does that make sense and like yeah, that's a great sure. great point you you make there you know yeah. um so you went to hawaii you came back to berkeley mm-hmm. if y'all didn't know he studied law <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's your degree in? Because you uh, never really touched on yeah. that yet. Yeah. So I, I graduated with a, a legal studies degree. So part of the reason that I left the first time is because they put me in the dumb jock major, which is called American Studies, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a study about America. It's, it's, What's it about? It's um, it's interdisciplinary studies. So like you're essentially creating your own major mm-hmm. by picking six classes from like three different disciplines. So like you could do... Um, like economics, uh, nutritional science, and like, you know, four others. Mm -hmm. And then to graduate, you have to write a 50-page thesis on those classes and how, you know, you have to pick a subject. And I was like, first of all, I don't want a degree in American studies because that sounds stupid. (laughs) And second, I don't want to write a 50-page paper because writing a 10-page paper is hard enough. So um, when I came back, I uh, I was like, they're like, well, you're going back to American studies? And I was like, what other options do I have? Um, and at Cal, it's different. Like they're very strict. They want you in and out. So once you eclipse, like I think it's 140 units, they won't let you register for classes anymore. And I was already going to pass that because you don't think that like I was two and a half years of community college, a year and a half at Cal, another semester at community college, another year at Hawaii. Yeah. I had the units. Um, but they just, I, I had like maybe like 10 options that I would be able to transfer to and still be able to make it. And so legal studies seemed like the most interesting. So I just 
did that basically just to get the degree. So he's basically a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, do I want to go to law school? And I was like, nah, yeah, I obviously no. hate school. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to go to law school either, like yeah. straight up. It's just so much reading and, you know. Yeah. Lawyer is not about being in the courtroom and arguing. It's like paperwork and, and reading and stuff. A hundred percent. So up to this point, obviously, like, you know, gone through childhood, gone through high school. You're at Berkeley. You're, you know, second time. the second time before this point in life, before your bodybuilding point in life, like who was like your biggest inspiration as a child? Who did you look up to? To be honest, like, I don't think I ever really had that. I don't think I ever looked at like one person and was like, that's my hero. Like there, there have always been like admirable qualities about people that I liked and that I wanted to take like, um, one of my brothers, he's super, uh, like, I don't want to say carefree, but like he lives life like very positive and like very happy. And like at the time, um, you know, I was being a little grumpy teenager <laughs> and he was like, why are you so mad all the time? You know, like when it's time to work, it's time to work. When it's time to have fun, have fun, let it go. And so like, I would just take and pull different things from different people. Cause I think I always just had a different kind of ideal for the way that I wanted to be. And I didn't want to get boxed in by trying to be somebody else and just, you know, if you try to be somebody else, you're always going to be a lesser version of that person. You're never going to be, a, you're never going to be a better them than they are. So than they are them. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's a great point right there. You know, I like that actually. And we, we've talked about that before, but you know, I like that. Um, so when did you actually get into bodybuilding? Was it in Hawaii or was it like your second go back at Berkeley? It was actually before I left Cal the first time. Okay. So I was into fitness and I was like, I want to compete. And, um, this is when I hit up Ariel, if you guys watched or listened to the last episode. <laughs> and so I messaged <laughs> and he him. And he didn't email you back. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Hey, what's up, man? Like I, uh, you know, I follow you on Instagram. Um, I'm a college rugby player and I want to compete in men's physique. And, uh, he was like, he sent me like an email and it, it was something like, that's a lot of cardio. It's going to be hard. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it, so it's, was, what's funny about that is like, that's just how he talks. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, like it, like Ariel's sex are literally word for word, how he would say things, yeah. but it's just like over text. Like if you don't know him, you're like, like what a dick. yeah, basically <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't even care, <laughs> you know? Um, so I was, I was super interested in it and I, I did what everybody else does. Like I tried to figure it out on my own. I ate chicken breast and white rice and broccoli, uh, like a couple meals a day. I tried eating just healthy snacks. So I would like go ham on like peanut butter and apples, which if you kind of know the macros there. Did you think peanut butter was a protein? No, no, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't that bad, (laughs) but I was like, Oh, it's healthy. You know, like I was just like, I could just eat unlimited amounts of healthy stuff, which obviously doesn't fucking work. Um, and, you know, a lot of it was like pride. Like when you're a guy before you've had that broken out of you of like, I can do this myself. Um, you know, you just don't want to seek out help. You think it's stupid to pay somebody to, to help you. But like, there's a, a lot of like shitty feelings and like bypassing, like kind of being borderline depressed about like a situation when you could just seek out help from somebody that's more experienced. And so like, um, yeah, nobody knows this, but when I was going to Cal, I was getting like, you know, grants and like I had student loans, which I'm still paying off. <laughs> and, um, you know, that was like my spending money, um, along with like the, the, the allowance that my sisters gave me. Uh, but I spent that money 
on coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't have all my books or anything because like, I was like, I don't fucking read these things anyways. But, um, I remember I, I talked to Ariel and then I talked to somebody else and then, um, I ended up talking to Nico and he was like, I'll do it for this much. And I was like, fuck, that's a lot of money. You know, like when you, I think it's a different feeling when you don't constantly have money coming in and you're like, this is just all I'm going to have for the next, you know, six months. I got to make it stretch. I can't just be blowing this. But yeah, I spent it on that and then, um, got into it and we were, we were cutting and like, I, I was progressing pretty fast. Like he was doing things a little bit different than he does now. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I was supposed to do the San Jose show in 2014, or no, 2013, I think, 2013 or 2012, and uh, I had to pull out because my ex-girlfriend was like, you told me you'd go to Island Reggae Fest with me, it's on the same day, which is like this great America thing for like, you know, uh, Polynesian reggae, yeah. and I was like, okay, and you know, I- I'm a big softie, so I was like, okay, fine, like, I'll, let, I'll, I'll do what you want. Uh, cause I felt bad. I was getting guilt tripped <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> so I went to that and then immediately after we went on a cruise to the Bahamas with my sister and I don't know if anybody's ever been on a cruise, but it's fucking wild. Like <laughs> I've never been on like food wise. Cause like everything's all inclusive. Like it's already paid for it. And it's You're like on a ship. Like you have all you can eat. Yeah. So it's, it's all you can eat. You're on a ship. You have nothing else to do. You just have like walk around or like sit on the pool, sit by the pool. So like. Uh, you know, my poor eating habits and I was just coming off a diet where I was like, no carb for a little bit. Like I I literally gained like 20 to 30 pounds in a week. And, um, you know, I, I, like for reference, like at dinner, I'd be like looking at the menu and the first night my sister's like, you can get whatever you want. I was like, really? She's like, however you, whatever you want, as much as you want, you can, you can order it. They'll give it to you. I was like, okay. I was like, can I get this appetizer, this appetizer, this appetizer, <laughs> this entree, this entree, this entree, and these two desserts. And they were like, yeah. And you ate it all, didn't you? Oh, I did. I yeah. ate it all. I did it every night. And then, like, I was even testing them. I was like, oh, that was that cake was really good. Can I get, like, three slices for my room? They'd be like, yeah. They'd give it to me. And I would just walk out with, like, three more He's plates. up with the fucking yeah. chocolate cake. <laughs> it was chocolate cake. <laughs> and then um, I remember it was so bad because I was like, I would keep looking at myself in the mirror and like, you know, you're gradually getting fatter and yeah. like more bloated and you're like, you can't really see it as well. And then I had just bought like this pair of pants. Uh, it was like nice pants for like the last night. Cause it was like a lobster dinner and, mm-hmm. and stuff or the second to last night. And uh, I put them on and I do it. I was about to blow through those things. <laughs> you're about to break like, <laughs> yeah, dude, like it was before stretchy pants and like, you know, they were nice and I could barely button it. And it felt like if I squatted down to sit down, my ass was going to rip. You're going to turn into a Nico, huh? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that have never seen the picture, Nico's pants ripped for like literally an hour before my wedding. <laughs> yeah, and then I sewed them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so like I was like, all right, I got to change this. And after the cruise, I, I got off and um, I weighed myself and I was like 230. How much did you weigh before that? You know, like like low 200s <laughs> yeah, so, it was, like, it was a, like at least 25 pounds yeah so it, it was a rough week and um after that i was like i had left cal already i was like i'm i was gonna leave for hawaii like in like the next eight months and i was like all right why well, i'm trying to compete so i kept trying to do these shows and obviously like, i had a lot of damn weight to lose like i lost 60 pounds in route to my first show damn that's wild and what so was, that was what show uh, Excalibur. Okay. In uh, 2014. 
Yeah. So like, you know, I was, I was trying to, I, I like literally killed myself for that. Like I didn't eat carbs for like, I think two months, not one. Damn. Uh, so I was eating nothing but chicken and tilapia and, you know, vegetables sometimes. And I would just use like a sauce, you know, uh, I did that every day. I would do like two hours of cardio. So like, I also didn't have a car when I came back from, uh, Hawaii. Oh wait, no, I did have a car. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would, Oh wait, no, my car broke down. Uh, my head gasket blew, so I didn't have a car. Nice. And um, I would walk to work at the front desk at 24, which was like three miles away some days, unless I had someone's car to borrow. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, like Uber wasn't even a thing yet. Uber was not a thing yet, you know, so, and I was like, whatever, I got to do cardio. I'm just going to walk. You know, so my whole day was doing all that shit. And um, I kept having to pull out of these shows, and, like, I've never really told them, but it was supposed to be my thing. You know, I was going to do the San Francisco show, which was in October. And then my ex is like, Oh, I want to do it. So we were going to do it together after the, uh, after the cruise. And then, uh, my friend Max, Max was like, Oh, I'm going to do it too. And, um, you know, it was my thing in my head. I was like, all right, cool. This is gonna be dope. Like I'm super into this and they want to do it too. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was too fat to do it still. So I couldn't do it. And they still did it. And so they did it. And I would just sat there and I watched them and it was like, kind of like a shot in the heart because i was like damn like it's supposed to be my thing like when am i ever going to be good enough to be able to do this yeah. and your confidence starts going down um so i really killed myself for that show just to just to look the part because i was like well i just want to get up there before i leave to hawaii and so i finally got up there like i wasn't like crazy peeled or anything but i looked pretty good i think <laughs> for, <laughs> for the me, time for, for the time for me anyways yeah. uh and i got last place and it was funny because, like, I even, like, crouched down to, like, shrug, get you know, to get shorter. For the, for the height class. I went, like, way too far, and I, w- I went from class C to class A. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did not know that. I yeah, did not so, know you were in class A. Yeah, so I got, um, <laughs> I got last place in class A, and that was when, um, you remember Mike Islandbilt? Yep. Yeah, so he won the class that day. Damn. Whooped my ass. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. yeah, and then so literally, like, two weeks after that, we, um, we moved to Hawaii. So you moved to Hawaii, did you, and you didn't compete there, obviously. I did compete one time. Okay. And so, like, I basically finished that first prep, and for anybody that knows, it's, like, completely mentally draining the first time, because you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, you're super unsure, by the time you come out, by the time, like, once you start to eat real food again, you're like, oh my god, this is amazing, I don't ever want to stop doing this, and then you get kind of fat. Uh, and so it was really hard, but, like, I came, I went to Hawaii, and then um, Nico and Jairo and, and like, and then they, they were like, oh, there's this show, uh, the Stingray Classic in, in like April. We're going to come for it. We were like, oh, really? You're going to come visit? And like, you know, so that was when uh, I was like, all right, we got to do that. But like, I was so like out of it. I was like, Nico would be like, oh, have a cheat meal this weekend. I'd cheat like all weekend. And then, um, you know, and I just kept doing it. And then it was like six weeks out. And I was like, I look really bad right now. Like, I need to get this together like now. And so I did what, like, I knew worked la- the last time, and I went, like, no carbs, no fats, two hours of cardio a day. So I would uh, wake up, go to school. I would do fasted cardio, and I would do an hour of cardio, and then I would slam a carton of egg whites, and then I would immediately train. <laughs> and then I would do another hour of cardio, and then I would leave, and I would go straight to work, and then I would work all day. Yeah, so if you guys don't know, like, this is what happens when you don't follow the diet. 
this is the type of shit. Yeah. And this shit is fucking draining when you have to do that. Yeah. Like, it, it's so it, mentally it, draining. Like, how, how, like, fucked were you? Oh, dude. Like, by the end, I was like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. But, you know, the pressure of needing to look like that, because I can't just pull, you can, if your friends are flying in to Hawaii, like, like you're you, going to do it. You can't pull out, yeah, you're doing it either way. So you at least better do what you can to look the part. And so, like, it was, it was pretty draining, but, um, yeah, I think uh, I, I obviously was a better way to do that. So I took a long break after that, and that's later that year. That's when I started with Ariel in 2015. Um, I started, like, two weeks before Thanksgiving with him. Did you do Gov Cup? Was I that, did. Was that the yeah, one? Yeah, that was the one I did Gov Cup, yeah. And so I told Ariel, like, I hit him up again, and I was like, I was like dude, like, I need you. <laughs> you know, like, I need this. Uh, I just can't do this by myself, and um, there's got to be a better way. And uh, I told him I wanted to win an overall, and I was like, eventually I want to win an overall. Like, if I could turn pro, like, that would be cool, but, like, I just really want to win a sword. And um, that show, we, I mean, that was also awful because that was the most strict I'd ever been in my life. Uh, I mean, I still didn't do it, like, perfect like when he said get a burger sometimes i get two burgers you know I slip a donut in. <laughs> every time i slipped a donut in <laughs> yeah so um it was rough you know i was doing like an hour of cardio um i had just moved back to uh in the middle of prep i moved back to, to california okay. and then um yeah i remember uh i was like really struggling like i was like i was like dying like i thought i thought i was dying i was so hungry and there were, I was so tired. There was times where I still have a video of it somewhere, but I was about to pass out on the Stairmaster. So I like, I had like 15 minutes left. So I just got off and I sat down and I leaned on it. I literally fell asleep for like 20 minutes. No one said anything to me, yep. just like sleeping next to a Stairmaster. And then I got up and I was like, he said, do 60, I'm gonna do 60. You finished that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that is the start of like, do you think that's the start of when like your life started changing? Yeah, well, it, the biggest thing was, like, I think when I was growing up, I always had high expectations of myself, and I was like, oh, like, I, I could be great, like, I'm, very, I'm pretty talented, I'm smart, and um, when, you, when you're doing that, you're very comfortable doing, like, whatever you're doing, and I kind of realized that, like, I would stop myself from reaching my full potential, because it would get scary for me to wonder am I actually as good as I think I am? Like, can I actually do the things that I think I can do? And so um, that was always in the back of my head. And that was the, that time was the first time that I was like, I'm going to be all in. I'm not going to do anything wrong. I'm just going to do whatever he says. I trust him and we're going to see what happens. We'll see if I'm really that good. I'll work, I'll, I'll outwork everyone. And so like my whole mindset for that was like, I will do, I'll do whatever anybody else is not willing to do. Like, to the point where, um, I mean, I wasn't that broke at this time. I mean, like I had like some money for the time, you know, I had like a thousand dollars. So like, yeah. Um, I didn't train with headphones the entire prep for 18 and a half weeks. Cause you just didn't want to buy them. Yeah, basically. And I was like, if I can do this, there's nobody else doing this, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could do this. And, and you can imagine that the hours and hours and hours of cardio. I was just going to say that. That's, yeah. I feel like cardio got rough there. Yeah. Cause like, I know for me, like, like I'll be doing cardio. I'm like four more songs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Oh, that much time four more songs. Yeah. And, uh, this was before, this is like at the period where like they stopped like unlimited data. So like I couldn't watch anything on YouTube uh -huh. and like, 
yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was like all in my head. And so that is really though, like where I learned, like if I do what I'm supposed to do, I can do whatever I want. And, um, I really, I spent all of my time on cardio visualizing what it would be like to win. Like literally like I, I, this is before I knew what visualization was, but I would just like try to imagine it. And I was like, if I can imagine it, like it'll just keep driving me. And so I would like close my eyes on cardio. Um, and I would, I would picture myself on the side of the stage cause I knew what it looked like at that point. And I was like, picture them, uh, to call my name. And I walked out and grabbed the sword and I shit you not the day that I did it, it felt like I had done it a million times by the time I walked up there. Like I was nervous. Obviously I didn't know if I was going to win. And when they called my name, I was like, I like, I remember the feeling like it, it was like, it was everything that I imagined. And you know, it's like you almost prepared for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was super weird. It was like, it felt like I did it a million times. Um, so you won your overall. Yeah. And that was 2015, 2016, 2016. And that's yes. when, then you did USA after that. Yeah. Yeah. So like two weeks before gov cup is the first time that I met Ariel in person. Mm-hmm. And he was like, damn dude, you look good. You should do USA's. I was, and in my head, I was like, I got 16th and eighth in my first two shows. So I was like, I'm not qualified. He's like, you will be. I was like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that was rough because it was like an 18 and a half week prep back to back with a 17 week prep. So dieting for like 36 weeks. And um, the my ex that I lived in Hawaii with, we like f- officially, officially broke things off like three and a half weeks out of Gov Cup. So like a week before I met Ariel. Yeah. And I was like, I uh, I was gonna pull out of the show. So I remember um, Nico, Two Easy Meals. I, I texted him, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do this. And he's, and then he was like, I ah, don't, don't be so rash, you know, whatever. So I was like three and a half weeks out. And then uh, I kind of just sat there and I was like, everything's falling apart right now. So, you know, what, what what's the difference if I just keep going? Like, at least I'll get something out of it. Yep. So I just like pushed through and I kept going and then, then we went to USA's and I got my ass whooped again. Yeah, we, we got fucking spanked that year. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the year that we first like hung out. Hung yeah, out. yeah, we, we met that year and it was like, it was funny because Ariel was like, oh, hey, you should work out with uh, this guy, AJ. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and we never met before. We meet at the gym yeah. and we're just kind of like, sup. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, if, 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 if you've ever competed before, you know what it's like, like towards the end of prep and you're on like peak week and stuff like that. Like you don't want to talk, you're tired. And so, you know, we're competing and like, I think we were both like, are you in my class? And then we were like, well, obviously we're not in the same class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Like it was like a very awkward workout. I yeah, think. yeah. It like got better. Like yeah. towards the end, obviously it's like, we've never met before. We didn't even know who each other was. Yeah. And then, um, and then we went out after USA's and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a wild time. <laughs> that was a wild night. <laughs> we'll probably have to say that story. Yeah, we'll like we'll save that story. Cause that, that's a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously fast forward to 2018, 2017, 2017. Yeah. So, 2017? yeah. So yeah, I got I it. That was 28. So yeah, after a year and a half of working with Ariel, I got it. Damn. Um, so I, I did that first show, Gov Cup. Then we went to USA's. And then I took like this long break because um, I felt like really lost after I uh, got my ass whooped at USA's. Partially because of pressure, but also it was like I just didn't know how to handle anything, which is why I'm like really big on like mental aspect of stuff because I struggled a lot with it at that time. Like, as soon as I lost, I got back to the, the place we were staying and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? 
you know I, I was so lost I didn't know what I was doing like what my purpose was like why was I even doing this and like I just got whooped I'm like you're not as good as you think you are um you know or like everyone else is like telling me that like oh you you know after that first show they were like you could win Mr. USA and then like got like 13th and I was like okay so obviously I'm not as good as everyone's yeah. saying you know uh I don't know what I'm doing and uh it was just a hard time in my life because I was like basically heartbroken <laughs> off of uh not only losing but like breaking up with that girl mm -hmm. this is a hard time yeah it was just a hard time in general so like after that like I, I only trained like twice a week I didn't know that yeah for like six months so and I'm then just, you come back to USA and you fucking win. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, only, I only trained like twice a week for like six months. Um, I would only train when, when like Nico and them wanted to train. Mm -hmm. And so I'd go train with them. And then um, I remember uh, Ariel texting Nico and uh, Two Easy Meals Nico. And he was like, yo, if Adrian wants to do this, you better start now. Because I told him like, I want to do classic. Because in my head, I wasn't peeled enough for the first USAs. And I, I knew that if I did classic, Ariel would get me peeled yeah that's when you did san jose right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i was like i'm gonna do it and so i started like bulking like immediately and like all i needed honestly was him to tell me that uh so there's like this big thing for me is just if someone believes in me i don't want to let them down and it makes me believe in myself too which is why like i think encouraging other people is like so important like the first two weeks i was with ario like when I was still in Hawaii, I, I flew back home for Thanksgiving and he was like, you can have a small plate of meat and rice for Thanksgiving. And I fucking cheated all weekend. <laughs> I came back and I was like two pounds heavier and he was like, I'll, I'll never forget. I still have the screenshot. He said, need you to step it up. We're gunning for an overall. And I was like, all right, if he says that, I'm gonna do it. And then same thing. He was just like, he always believed in me and it, it, uh, it pushed me to kind of keep it going. And so I did, I wanted to do classic because I was like, I'm going to turn pro this time. I'm gonna make it happen and if I turn pro I would get wrecked doing classic so I better do it now if I want to do it <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah so I did that show and then uh that gov cup show I sweeped it I got the, the open overall and the novice overall wow. so like obviously I can't do that again so I was like all right well I want two swords this time and so that was my whole goal going into that that period and uh I almost got it <laughs> I got uh, I got the uh, men's physique overall, and then I got first in classic, and I almost yeah. had that overall. But I remember that. My back was like really bad. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that. I was there. Yeah. Um, I think Jared and Jake did that show for the pro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. I was there. Yeah. 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 I was there, and uh, James did that show too. James Hurst. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I was there, and then you go to USA, and then you win your class, right? Yeah. You win your class. Went to USA's. Yeah, and then uh, I I was like I felt I really felt the pressure. Like I couldn't sleep. Like. Uh, I probably slept like four to, two to four hours a night for like weeks and just because I couldn't I was just like up like I was just so stressed out about it I felt so much pressure because I was like I'm, I kept telling myself I was going to do it but then in the back of your head in the back of your head you always have to humble yourself and be like you don't know if the next freak is going to show up and then whoop your ass <laughs> you know yep. uh, so yeah I was like super stressed and um, went there and I only slept two night uh, two hours the night before uh, I went on which is when uh that, that was the day I met Mary, actually, or <laughs> two, days, two days before then. And uh, she was at, she, she competed that day and she didn't do well. So she was at Holstein's in Vegas, which is like some the burger American, place. Yeah, yeah. And so she's sending me pictures of this huge ass burger and like a milkshake with a piece of cake on it. And I'm like lying down in bed trying to sleep. And I'm like, fuck, that looks so good. All right, question, question. <laughs> Did you didn't sleep because you stayed up texting Mary? No, like I really couldn't <laughs> sleep. But like it, it, it was kind of like both because it was just like I couldn't sleep. 
but like the conversation was like entertaining at least. Yeah. So I was just like up and then I finally passed out at like two thirty in the morning, but I had to wake up at four thirty in the morning because <laughs> I had a McDonald's delivered to the hotel yeah. room. And then we started that day and yeah, man, I mean, I remember it was similar. Like I thought I was going to do well. I knew I'd be in first call outs. I got in the first call out. And then I remember they were like, I forgot my number, but it was like two sixteen. They were like, move to this, move in, move in one more time. And then, um, literally like I have the video, it was over in a minute and a half, like 90 seconds. And I yeah. was gone. And they were like, uh, my number and somebody else's number. They're like, you guys can leave. Yeah. And, uh, that usually means that yeah, you weren't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, well, you're at least in the top two. Yeah. So, but I didn't want to like think about it like that. So everyone's like, "Dude, you just turned pro." I was like, "I, I will celebrate when I have the trophy <laughs> in my hand." Even though, like deep down, you knew. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, "I'm gonna celebrate when I get the trophy." And then I remember I got the trophy, and I was like battling for the overall, and I was just like, "Holy shit, I did it!" And then I was like, I want the Mr. USA. And then I got my ass whooped by Chiron. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even close I was to beating there, Chiron. I, remember I didn't do it that year. Yeah, I wasn't even close to beating Chiron. And then, um, yeah, like as soon as I was leaving backstage, I was getting to the foyer and I literally started like ugly crying, <laughs> like just like uncontrollably sobbing. Like I put like my heart and soul into that. Yeah. And then uh, the only reason I actually stopped crying, like uh, I remember my, my friends came like, uh, Jared came and uh, Ashley was there because Max did it too. And they ran up to me with their phones in my face. And I was like, <laughs> I was like crying. And then uh, the only reason I stopped is because I saw Jake because he was working at the booth. Uh, he actually handed me my trophy. Um, and then he was like, hey, let's take a picture. And I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just like wiped my tears <laughs> like quick. Got to get it together. Yeah, basically. I was like, I only broke down for like 20 seconds, but yeah. It was, I think I have a video of that actually. Yeah. <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Because uh, I think you like gave Mary a big hug after or something like, do you? I, I swear you did. I, I know I have the video. I might have. I mean, we were all hanging out yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. And like then five years ago already. Damn. I, for some reason, I thought it was 2018. It was 2017. Shit. Yeah. That's wild. I know. Time fucking flies, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, you go from getting your pro card. Yeah. To... And then, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I got my pro card. Uh, I did my pro debut two weeks later, which is so the weekend in Vegas when I turned pro was the was when I went met when I met Mary who's my wife <laughs> we didn't meet like it like it sounds it was like mutual friends and we were hanging out at the same thing AKA and, me. yeah and then our friends kind of like egged us on and uh yeah so she flew up to go see my pro debut and um i got seventh actually so i was like oh was pretty good i'm not bad you know that's pretty good and there was like olympians there and everything and then um yeah so i, I took like some time off and uh, i was getting fat because i was getting happy weight with the Mary because we were together and um I came back I was just getting my ass whooped for like two years on the pro level I remember and it was like really disheartening every time I thought I was gonna be better it was just like no you still suck it's like last call outs last <laughs> yeah, call outs third yeah. call outs there was a couple times though that it was like I was in like you know one and a half call like mm-hmm. call out one and a half like after they get the top like three guys off and they have the remaining first yeah. call out and they called me in and they would just leave me there. And they, I remember that. And you, they like keep calling more people in. Yeah, yeah. Letting so them like, go. And then yeah. more people in and letting them go. That's like super, if, if like you compete, that's super disheartening. Yeah, it's so disheartening. Because you're like, at first you're like, oh, okay. So I'm like, here. I didn't, I didn't, you know, get in the top five, but I'm like pretty close. You know, they're comparing me. Maybe I can find my way in. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they call all of them out and they bring a new group on. 
And you're like, okay, so I'm like at the bottom of like the group that's in first call outs, whatever, that's fine. And then all of a sudden they call those people out too. And you're like, okay, so now I just suck again. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like nine to 15, something like that. And the whole time, like, I'm just like, wow, this sucks. I'm like, did I piss somebody off? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it happened to me like two or three I times. I remember it. Like it happened, uh, it happened like twice in the Bay Area, I think. Yeah. So it happened at SAC. I remember SAC. I was yeah. there. Uh, and then it happened in Utah again. Yeah. So like in 2019, that was when I had like a run of four shows in five weeks, which was it's a lot for anybody that's ever competed. And they were all over the place. It was like one in LA, one was in Utah, one was in San Diego, one was in SAC. So I was traveling like San every Diego week. one was the one though. Yeah, yeah. So like the first three shows, I got like 13th or last every show. And this is when you and I started training together like yeah. every day and I was being a total bitch. <laughs> I was like Dude, so it was tired. A, it was a dick. Yeah, I was so dead. Uh, it was just really stressful, man. Like um, it was also like that thing where I just went out there with like no idea what I was going to do. And so like I, I moved to San Diego and I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. And so I was like, fuck. Um, so it was like, it was hard financially and it was hard to just like prep like, Ariel had to push me harder than than ever before on that prep because my body just wasn't responding. Yeah, I I literally ate nothing but whole eggs, egg whites, tilapia, and macna oil for like weeks, uh, and so like it was really hard and it was like the most cardio I'd ever done with Ariel is like seventy minutes or something like that, um, seven days a week, which is stupid, uh, and I trained seven days a week which is also stupid. So don't do that. I'm pretty sure that was your fault though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my fault. Because <laughs> it was just like, I just need to do more. Uh, and more is not necessarily better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I was like super disheartened. And then I had that fourth show coming up. And I, it was it was two weeks after the last show. And I was like, fuck, dude, I don't know if I can last two weeks. Like, I'm not going to be a bitch, but like, I just can't do this. And I remember like, I was hanging out with Jake. And I, um, I was like, I was sitting there and I was like, I, I, I was thirsty and I drank all my water and Ariel said drink two gallons and I had finished two gallons and it was like 9 p.m. And I was like, I looked at Jake and I was like, you know how fucking stupid it is that these guys, they cheat on their diet, they don't follow everything and they still beat my ass and I'm over here, I won't even drink any more water because Ariel said two gallons. And even though I know it doesn't matter, I won't do anything other than what he says. And he's just like, I don't know, man. And uh, that was like a big turning point for me, though, because like I had signed the contract and I was like, I'm not going to get fined a thousand dollars. Fuck that. So <laughs> so I showed I up. I remember anyways. you were thinking about it, though. You're yeah, like, I was like, like I, I, I remember you talking about it. You're like, I don't want You're like, yeah, I don't want to do this show, man. Like, yeah, bro. Just do it. You have a week left. Yeah. You have five days left. I was like, just fucking do it. Yeah, because it's basically it was, it was it was like tough, like not just for me, but it was hard for me to watch myself not be able to do anything like I'm I, like when I was on that prep I was so tired I could barely get out of my seat I didn't like talking it took me a long time just to do anything so obviously that was really hard on Mary too and that's when we got our first dog and so like it was just her and the dog for like a long time and so I was like it was like weighing on me like that that I was like that so I wanted to stop for her too um but I kept going and and that was when I uh, realized that mental fortitude beats beats talent yep. any day of the week because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, a lot of the guys that were be uh, all the guys that were beating me um, the the three weeks prior um, and this was at the time where it was a point system so you had to keep competing but all those guys 
they all either didn't show up to that show because they couldn't stop eating or they showed up and they were fat. Yep, they were super soft. Yeah, and they were super soft. So I, I ended up getting third that week and I was like, oh shit, I made it. I made it. You look good though. You look yeah. good that week. I remember. Yeah. I glazed you. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was on. <laughs> yeah, he was on. Yeah, Billy was super nervous. Like I uh, I was like, hey, I need you to glaze me. He's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, bro, hurry up. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just glazed you. I was like, I was like, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that was when I kind of, it really hit me, like, because I get really, like, retrospective about things. I always look back on things, and I was like, I really analyzed it, and I was like, if you can put yourself through something that nobody else is willing to put themselves through, you will eventually come out on top. It's not like, it's not really a matter of if, it's like when. Like, obviously, talent comes into play, like, God-given talent, and like, and if that talent works hard, like, you're not going to catch them. But for all the people that you think are ahead of you, if you just do everything like more efficiently, smarter, work harder, and you just do it for a longer period of time, you will eventually beat them. I agree. Because you so. see it all the time in the pros. Like you have these guys that just shoot up into the pros like super fast. They turn pro in like two shows, whatever. But they're just so arrogant that they think like I'm just gonna keep walking through everybody. And it's kind of dumb because it's like in any other professional sport. It doesn't work that way. Like you don't, you don't say, you don't like pick up a football and say like, you know what? In two years, I'm gonna get drafted. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, so like, if you just can outlast people, you will eventually overtake them because most people are not mentally strong enough for the long game. That doesn't doesn't um, go with just bodybuilding either. I always think of like, you know that little image. It's like it's like a guy digging a tunnel. Yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like one scoop away from the dirt, and he, yeah, turns and he gives around, up. Yeah, and he gives it up. That's like what it reminds me of every time. It's like, it's like even you know it could be business, it could be anything. Yeah. Like if you yeah. just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, eventually you're gonna strike gold. Like yeah. eventually you're gonna fucking strike gold. Yeah, and like the biggest thing is just that like it's it sounds corny, but like you never know when your breakthrough is gonna be. But if you're you have to have that kind of confidence that if you're doing the right thing, it will come. And if you're like if you're always looking at ways to get better, like you can't do the same thing forever and think it's gonna get better, you know, like you have to actually be smart about it. But like, if you're, you know, that's what this whole podcast is about, like Kaizen, like constant improvement, getting better. If you're always focused on getting better, eventually you will be way past what you thought you were gonna be. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep. And then you ended up taking second to uh, Jeremy Popping. Yeah, yeah, so like later on that year, so I prepped for, 50 like out of 60 weeks in a year it was a long year so like i had like a 10 week break i was just like eating with mary because like i felt bad like when i'm off prep i'm like i'll do whatever you want like we can go eat and do all this stuff and uh i remember that prep was really hard too because i was i was working at um hardcore fitness downtown which is like a group training class and so my days were like extremely long and uh i would wake up at like 3 30 in the morning teach class for like three hours go home, take a nap, go train with you, then come back home, shower, and then I would go train people again at night. And that was my whole day. I'd get back at like 9 p.m. And uh, the worst part of that, that was that <laughs> I, um, I, uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, they offered me insurance. And I was like, okay, I'll get, I'll get insurance for me and Mary. And at the end of the month, not, not two weeks, at the end of the month, after insurance, my check was like $300. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, 
uh, <laughs> this is not working out. This is not it. Yeah, this ain't it. And like yeah. Mary hated it. Like I talked to her about it a couple times in the last week and she was like, I hated when you worked there. It was terrible. I was like, I remember when you worked there. I was like, yeah. I was like, I literally, I was like, why is he doing this? Yeah. Like, like, bro, your... why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, dude. But it's like in your head, you're like, I, like, I'm just trying to figure it out and like provide and like, um, yeah, you know, like I just thought like maybe this is the opportunity that I needed. Uh, and it was really like the, I don't want to say rock bottom, but it was like getting close to it, you know, like, and that was like the catalyst for me to, to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. And like, obviously like, you know, you are doing what you're doing now and you're, you're killing it. And what, like, what I love about this and us is that we both come from very, very similar places, different, but similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we, we are where we are now, you know, you, you know, you moved to Austin, Texas, you have a house and now you are, you know, buying another house. You buy another house. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like, it's sick, yeah. bro. Like, did yeah. you see yourself here, you know, even a few years ago? Like, no, hell no. Like even in 2019, like three years ago, I was like, Dude, I'm fucking broke as shit. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, like I think people don't understand and like people don't know because, you know, obviously I'm not going to like flaunt it on Instagram that I'm broke, but the only money I had for like three, four, five years was bodybuilding money. And I don't mean money that came from bodybuilding. I meant money to bodybuild. And so I was also just very fortunate that I had Ariel and um, at the time I was working with Two Easy Meals and he, he was helping me out with food. Like... With those things, like people or you know, people like that and like people that were helping me, like I would have never been able to be in a position to focus on myself to do whatever I did. And like, you know, at a point I was working like part time at like three different places and like doing all kinds of stuff. Cooking. Yeah, and you know, I was um I don't know, I'm talking about before I even moved down there. Like I was working like a couple part time jobs at a time and I was commuting an hour and a half both ways every day to school because I didn't want to pay for rent. I would door dash. Um, like I was the dasher, not yeah, like getting food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like door dashing just to like have enough money to do everything that I was doing. And like, there were a lot of times that like my bank account was in the red, like meaning meaning I was negative. I I owed people. I owed the bank money, and that, that happened like a lot. And I would just go drive, and I would I would go do that, and then I would do my bodybuilding thing, and it was like that for like a long time. So like, when you come from that, and um, you know, to see what we've been able to do now it's like it's it's crazy you know like when i first moved to san diego we were both like pretty broke dude we were fucking <laughs> dirt broke i remember like like i was working two jobs at the time i was starting my business and i was also working at the supplement store yeah and then like i remember like you were kind of doing the same thing you you, you know you were starting like coaching a little bit and then you're also cooking meals yeah, like, yeah. you're kind of doing like a meal prep thing and so yeah. like with the money i would get from the supplement store i would pay you yeah. to make me meals because like i didn't want to cook yeah. and like and you give me like a super good deal on it so like i want to pass that up and like do like we were fucking broke man like like i feel like a lot a lot of people would have folded you know and it's kind of funny to look back and be like Wow, we literally spent all our money on bodybuilding. Yeah, <laughs> you know no, what like, I mean. Like, I, I'm not saying like people should fucking do that. Yeah, but yeah. it's like it's almost like we knew, like somehow we would fucking make it. You know what I mean? Like eventually, and we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it, and eventually like broke through. And that's literally what happened. You broke through. You know, you ended up moving to Austin. It's been what a year and a few months. Year and three months. Yeah, yeah. year and three months. And like, look how far you've come in a year and three months. Yeah, I mean like a lot of that, the reinforcement and the confidence of that comes from bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. So like 
when, when we talk with body uh, talk bodybuilding with people bodybuilding gives you it's you know obviously you look good and, and stuff like that but it gives you skills about life if you think about it in the right way like it teaches you how to be disciplined teaches you how to be accountable to people other than yourself and to yourself um, and do whatever you have to do when nobody's looking because you know that your results come from you and you know and then also like i was just saying like when you push through things like you will be on the you know you'll be out ahead on the other side and so like yeah i mean i think uh I, I definitely wouldn't say like you know put all your eggs in one basket like my i was always comfortable with the fact that like i was going to have a degree from berkeley and i was like if worse comes to worse and i'm absolutely terrible at doing all of this i can go get some job somewhere like it shouldn't be that hard but was it really an option no <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like you yeah. put those eggs in that basket yeah you know what yeah I mean? no like, i did but yeah, like I, I mean I, I at least had like a small plan b yeah. but i but i also think like it's very true what people say like if you have a plan b you're always looking for a way out. And the only time that you really make those huge breakthroughs, especially in the beginning, is when you hit rock bottom. And you hear that all the time from like, you know, entrepreneurs and stuff. They're like, oh, the lights weren't on and like, I don't know how to pay my bills. And like, I don't know. It, it always sounds really dramatic. Uh, I guess it sounds less dramatic because it was my life. But um, yeah, you know, it was kind of like that. Yeah, it was. But yeah, you know, like if you just kind of keep going. Um, and and ensure that you're making smart decisions and going and you know continually moving forward. And once you have that that fear of uh, falling below your own standards, like you know, aka being broke um, or being like the broke boyfriend, the broke husband, like you know, it, it pushes you because you're like, I won't accept that. Yeah, and I always say like, there's 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 actually like two people in this role. Obviously, there's more, but there's two types of people I like to think about, and it's that mindset that you just put. And there's, like, the other mindset where people just don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I always say, like, someone has to flip the fucking burgers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and those are those people that just, like, don't have that drive in life. And that's, you know, I would imagine everyone listening to this podcast has that drive in life. And it was, like you said, like, how bodybuilding, like, it's not just bodybuilding to us. Like, like what I always say, what I always tell people, is like, bodybuilding taught me more discipline than the military did. It really did. Yeah. Because what it teaches you is self-accountability. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're self-accountable at, like, you know, with everything, like, you're going fucking places, like, straight up. Like, you're going to go places, whether it's you want to wake up, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning every day and you hold yourself self-accountable to it, to waking up before everyone else and getting shit done. Like, you're going to fucking do it. If you want to build a business, you're going to fucking do it. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to do, you're going to do it. And, you know, like, that's AJ, you know? Um, and, you know, it's a it's a great quality to have. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, not only like where we came from, but where, you know, you've come from and like being in Austin now, you know, now that I moved to Austin and like seeing your house, going to your house, you fucking cooking brisket for me. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's a good fucking brisket. You know, it's just like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to afford that brisket no. fucking three years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really fucking cool to look at that, you know? And so all of that, you know, I guess, you know, you're building all this, you're here in Austin and what drives you now? At this point, um, that's something that, like, I guess I would say I struggle with, too, is because I've become, I don't want to say, like, incredibly comfortable, but I'm not, like, afraid of being broke anymore because I don't think I'll be broke. And that's just, you know, from having different skill sets. But the real thing that drives me is just that I hate not moving forward in life. If I feel like I'm stagnant in any way, I'll do something. I'll 
I'll make myself do something. I'll sign up for something. I'll push myself in some way to break. Let me stop you there real quick. So this motherfucker, fucking, everyone probably knows what 75 hard is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this dude does 75 hard. First of all, we, we're not going to say we condone 75 hard. Um, I think, like, you know, for certain people, it can cause, like, some adrenal dysfunction, stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But point, what I'm getting at here is this dude goes, does 75 hard, goes, huh, this isn't really hard for me. <laughs> and he makes it harder. You know what I mean? Like, like that's what he means. Like, like he was too comfortable, like in the normal 75 hard. So he like ups the ante and makes it even fucking harder. And I just like, he told me that. And I just started fucking laughing. Cause like, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like yeah. that, that's what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's just like, um, you know, like hindsight is 2020, but when you reflect back on things, the only way you know what to do or what to expect is from experience. So like, I know from experience what it feels like when I'm uncomfortable. And if this is not hard, like, um, because like, like, you know, like he was just saying, like the self accountability thing, like I didn't have to really think about it. It's like my mindset, when I'm doing a prep or like when I was doing 75 hard is like, this is just what I have to do. Like, I'm not going to bitch about it. I'm not going to think, Oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. It's like, you're doing this, shut the fuck up and go do it. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. And so like when you have that baseline or it's like of understanding, like what is uncomfortable and knowing like. It like for me, it's exciting when I'm like, all right, well, if I make it through this, like, I'll be a much better person. I'll, you know, I'll be more driven. I'll, I'll be more accountable. I'll have more discipline. Um, and that's something that I wanted because, you know, I haven't been competing for like the last two years or so, or like, yes, the last year and a half. And in my opinion, discipline is um, a perishable skill. 100%. So just because you are disciplined once doesn't mean you're disciplined for life. Just like, just because you're a good to one person one day doesn't mean you're a good person. That's just like one thing. It's something you it's need some, to uphold. It's something that you have to constantly do. And um, I'm, I'm all about staying in good relationship with myself. Meaning like, if I say something, or I say I'm gonna do something, I feel terrible if I don't follow through with it because then it shows, my, it shows me that I'm a liar. I lied to myself that I was gonna do something. So it's really big for me to follow through on whatever it is that I said that I was going to do. And, and, you know, I, I always push myself and like, I, I create these like huge lofty goals that like, I, I, to be honest, I have no idea if I'm ever going to hit them, but like I have them because I know that like, I need to do these things in order to be the best version of myself. And like, that's kind of where I'm at now. And like, I, I'm trying to have a family and I'm trying to, you know, take care of my wife. Like, I don't know if she'll ever listen to this, but <laughs> I, I want to at least, be in the position to be able to say like you don't have to work ever again and we'll totally be fine we won't skip a beat and so like those are the kind of things that drive you like i, I have very fatherly instincts like i want to take care of people um and so like being able to provide not only like a good life financially but like to be able to teach my kid all the skills and lessons that i had to learn the hard way Versus just like giving them stuff like th those are the things those are the type of things that I think about now. Hundred percent. Do you think that is what the best version of yourself looks like? Because that's what you mentioned. I think the best version of myself is, um, just being better in all aspects. Like I want to be nicer. I want to be more giving. I want to be more patient. I want to be more driven. I want to be more accountable. I want to be a better leader. And these are all, you know, aspects that I wouldn't say I'm like terrible at but they can always be better. And it's like, to me, it's, it's that exciting thing where you're like, 
my life is pretty good right now. Just imagine if I was like a little bit better at all these things and like I could reach more people and I could touch more people's lives. And like, I'm sure you feel the same way, but like I feel very blessed that we've been able to do everything that we've done. And, and like, just like what I tell people with, with my coaching is, you know, I, I was in the position that you were in before. I, I needed to lose weight. I needed to, to have that breakthrough. And when you finally have that moment and you see that in people, you're like, that's what, that's what I want. I want to have people be like, oh shit, like I did it. Like I look good. I feel great. I feel good about the way that I look, you know, and stuff like that. And so, yeah. It's like self-inspiring. You know I mean? People get there and they're like inspired by themselves in a way. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's really cool to see actually when you're able to do that for yeah. someone, you know what I mean? Or lead them to that or help them in some type of way. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's always about being in control. Like I, I'm a control freak with myself. Like and so that's the whole thing about like taking ownership and all that stuff. But it's like, if you are in control of your feelings, you could do anything. If you're in control of your actions, you know that you can guide your life to wherever it needs to be. All you need is the right way to go. Yep. And like, I agree with that hundred percent, 110%. Yeah. A few more questions for you. All right. All right. One of them is currently, what do you think your biggest limiting belief is? we're all about smashing limiting beliefs. I feel like yeah. that's very much us. And, but right now I want to know what is your current limiting belief or biggest limiting belief? I think one of my biggest limiting beliefs is that I don't know how to, I just don't know how to handle the role of being a leader better, which I know is like very important. Like, especially if you have your own business, if you, if it's only you, you'll only ever get it so far. Cause there's only so much work you can do in a day or in a week or whatever. So would you say it's letting go of the, cause, cause when it's just you, there is very, there's a lot of control. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. would you think it's like letting go of control a little bit? And yeah, of course it's, it's partially letting go of control because you have to, you know, trust other people. And what I always think is that it's always my fault. Like I either picked the wrong person or I didn't train you well enough. And you know, a lot of the times I'm gonna be like, I didn't train you well enough. Um, and I'm talking about like employees and stuff, not like clients. Um, but like, yeah, I think it's just, you know, viewing myself as somebody that can do those things. Like, you know, I talked about like, you know, having the belief in yourself, but like sometimes some, some things are just so far out of your mind that you don't even consider it as a possibility until someone tells you and until you meet someone that's done it and they make it seem like it's nothing like, you know, making like X amount of money, like, um, you know, like I told you, like there's this guy, he makes 20 million doing what we do a year. And, it, you know, and which I don't know if anybody, you know, like we're not making a million dollars right now. No, but no, that's fucking yeah, wild. It was, so it's crazy to think about. And it's just like, those are like the limiting beliefs. It's like, how far can I take this? Like, I think part of the reason, one of the things that holds me back is like, I don't know how far I could actually take it. And then I get overwhelmed with it. And I, I already know that like what I need to do is, is, come up with a plan and just what am I going to do today? What's the next, what's the next most important thing? And so one thing I've been doing is I have these five daily habits that I have to work on and they're five habits that, that move my life forward, both personally, physically, and professionally. And you can fine tune those habits because you'll realize that like over time you make these habits, like wake up at 7am or, you know, spend one hour doing deep work or, or whatever it is. Right. But if it's not something tangible, something that you can say like, 
oh, this is like doing this amount of stuff got me forward. Like, you know, if I say read for an hour and you, you don't really fucking read, then you didn't really do anything, you know? But if you say read 10 pages a day, you're reading 10 pages a day and you will get smarter. And you're going to progress forward. Yeah, yeah, it's like exactly. taking action steps, like yeah. like attainable action steps within the goal. Yeah, exactly. And then you just fine tune those goals and those habits to what you know will move your life forward. Because you'll find that you, uh, most people do a lot of busy work and they're just very reactive in their day and they're not doing anything that actually moves their life forward. And so once you figure out that you're doing a bunch of stuff that's not really giving you a huge benefit and you can kind of let go from go let go of that and say like, all right. I can spend less time being reactive and I can work on something that's actually going to make me better tomorrow. Then, you know, that's when you start understanding where to go. hundred percent. No, I I mean, I think that's fucking great. And, uh, you know, I actually spoke to someone, to my team about that, you know, a couple weeks ago and, um, it was essentially like, Hey, you know, we always do something. It's like, you know, what do you want to get better at this week? And they, they'll give you something. I'm like, it's too generic. Like, like if it's generic, you're never going to do it. Like, how are you going to actually get better at it? You know, it's like diving deeper into like under like actual, like, you know, maybe let's say like you're a coach and you want to get like five more clients and you're like, oh, I want to get five more clients. It's because like, how? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, what are you going to do to get there? And I think that's what kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, it's like what I tell people when they sign up or when they're trying to sign up, they're like, I want to lose weight. Like, what does that mean? You want to lose five pounds? You want to lose two pounds? You want to lose 20 pounds? Huge difference. How is it trackable? If you're very vague with, with your goal, you don't see a clear path because it's like, it's like saying you need to come to San Diego uh, and then you just get directions to America. <laughs> like, like, like that's so fucking vague, right? Yeah. You know, like you need the roadmap yeah. specifically to what yeah. you are trying to do. And so in order for you to get there, you have to know where you're even trying to go in the first place. And it takes a lot of like, you know, self-discovery and stuff like that. But like just understanding that you need to be incredibly specific so that you have some kind of metric to figure out like, am I actually moving forward towards this? Or like, am I a little bit healthier? Like that makes no fucking sense. Like, how would you know that unless you have a metric? Yeah. All right. And the last question I got for you is where do you envision yourself? Oh, you bastard. <laughs> you asked me the question. Yeah. I'm asking you the question. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because after I asked you that and you were, you had that same reaction, I was like, oh, that is a kind of hard question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Cause especially because if you, if you look back on it, like five years ago, I had literally nothing but bodybuilding money and I wasn't, I was still in college and, um, I wasn't married. I didn't have a girlfriend, uh, you know, when I turned pro and stuff like that. And, um, it, like, it's kind of funny cause Mary always jokes and she says, um, you know, the, the second day that we, or yeah, the second night that we met, she was like, Oh, uh, this is my five year plan. You know, um, I, I want, uh, I want a serious relationship. I want to be financially secure. I want a house. Uh, I want to get married, you know, all this stuff. And, um, you know, which is kind of strong for like the second day knowing someone, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it, it worked out, it was fine. Um, and so just thinking about where it was five years ago, thinking 10 years in the future is so hard. Um, but I think it's important too, because you have to, you know, visualize what you're looking for. But I think, um, I try to aim high, like, I, I'm at this point where I'm trying to figure out like what do I actually want 
like you can say you want Lamborghinis and stuff like that. Um, but do I really want it? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I want a Lamborghini. Like if I could do it and like, it's, it's not a big deal. It was to like me. convenient. You'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if someone was like, Hey, you want to buy this Lambo? And like, you know, it's like 1% of what I make. Like, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I fucking, you know, I'll drive that thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just trying to figure out like, what do I actually want or like what, but versus like, what does society like tell me I should want or tell me I should strive for. And, um, I think I, I just want to have like a, a business that helps a fucking insane amount of people, both clients and coaches. Like I, in the same way that my life was changed by being able to do this, like I'm already ready to like have bring other people on and like get them to like, you know, improve their lives by being able to do something they love and, you know, help other people and just kind of grow it from there. Um, so I want that. I, uh, I want a nice ass house. (laughs) So I mean, I, uh, I'm trying to define what that is. Um, isn't it hard to, to, uh, you know, even think about like, cause like think about just where we are now from three years ago. Yeah. You know, like, this is 10 nice. years is a long fucking time. Yeah. You know That's I mean? why like, I, I'm, I'm like shooting for the stars on yeah. it and I'm just like, you know, like I want like those crazy houses that you see on, um, on like on Instagram with like, that are like super contemporary and they're like, like marble, yeah. marble everywhere, like huge ceilings, like has a, like a crazy, Glass. like a spa, <laughs> a spa like pool in the backyard. And, uh, for whatever reason, I want like a roundabout, <laughs> like, <in my laughs> like, 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 like with like a little phone. In the yeah, center. exactly. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> like I want to pull up and it's not like you back in and yeah, you just make a, a circle. Roundabout. There you go. Yeah. And, and so like that. And, um, the biggest thing for me, and it's something that I've thought about since I was like, you know, in high school is just, I want to be the best dad for my kids. So I want to have kids, obviously, like we're trying right now. Um, but I want to have like an incredible relationship with my kids and be there for them and, and learn how to be more patient and, you know, teach them all these things that I wish that I knew, but also, you know, be their friend and their parent at the same time. Like you have to have that boundary, I think, but at the same time, like I want them to be able to come for, come to me for anything. And, um, I want them to be able to tell me anything that's going on in their life. And I also want to be able to give them anything that I think is reasonable. Like, if I want to take my kids to Disney world for like a week, I want to be able to do that. And it's, I don't have to like think about it. It's just like, let's just fucking go, you know, and I want to be able to do all those things. I mean, obviously, um, well not obviously, but I will have restraint in like the things that I buy them. I don't know if Mary will, (laughs) she will not, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, um, and something that's, that's, that sticks out to me is like, um, hard times create strong people and easy times create weak people. And so I think, uh, one thing that tends to happen is that you or not you, but you know, people get very successful and they're like, I'm just going to give my kid everything that I never had, like cell phones and cars and this and that. But you, you kind of learn that what they really needed was the skills that you learned yeah. to make yourself successful so that they can have their own success. And, um, that's also why like I work so hard and um, I'm so disciplined and I, I chase the dream of bodybuilding because I knew that one day I'll have this conversation with my kid and I'll say, you can do anything you want. You can shoot for your dreams. You can, you can achieve your dreams as long as you're willing to work for it. And um, kind of like I was saying earlier, I had to stay a good relationship with myself. Like 
who would I be to say that if I had never done it? If I was just some guy working in a cubicle and I said, oh, shoot, you could do whatever you want. And it's like, is that what you wanted to do? Like, no. Like, well, then what are you talking about? You know? Yeah. Gotta set the example. Yeah, exactly. And so like, that's, that's like my main goal is just having a good relationship with my kids and, and being able to do whatever I want really, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. I feel like we're very, very similar there. I always think of, uh, Oh, one sec. I always think of Shaq. Because <laughs> I, I saw this fucking video or something like that, and his kids are like, he wouldn't like give his kids something, and they're like, why yeah. not? And he's like, they're like, we're rich. And he's like, you're not rich. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm rich. rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he said, like, after a certain point, he's not going to, like, take care of it. Yeah, that's what he said. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's how it should be, you know, is like, you teach them the skills, because, you know, like, for better, like, in terms, like, how many times do you see people, they get whatever the fuck they want? They, yeah. they grow up shitheads and freaking, you know, just yeah, do drugs yeah. and they don't do shit. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. hell no. It's like, you teach them what to do. You teach them how to do it. You make them work hard. You know what I mean? And then, like, they learn for themselves. And then, you know, they're, that's how you build generational wealth, you know? Yeah. You know, like, you teach them skills and you give them all the tools for them to be successful. And, like, you know, whether or not they want to be filthy fucking rich, like, it's not up to you. But at least you were there to give them the tools they needed rather than just like, you know, being soft on them their whole life and then throwing them to the wolves. Like, cause those people typically don't end up doing well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we know people like that. So. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you got anything else? Uh, anything you want to say? Huh. Not really. Like, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Like this is, we talk about this stuff all the time, even though he's never heard like half of these stories. Um, and the real purpose of this is to, you know, help push people to being the best versions of themselves, both through our own experiences and our own lessons. So like, just like I want to teach my kids how to do stuff, like I'm hoping that me sharing my experiences and letting you guys know that I was broke, which is like, you know, low key embarrassing, <laughs> but um, you know, letting, letting people know that, that, you know, you can somehow relate and find inspiration that there is a way out. You just have to find it and be willing to work for it. And um, that's what the whole podcast is all about. Like, we're we're going to give you everything that we can think of to be successful. And like, you know, you know, we're obviously in the fitness world, like we'll have some of that. But it's really about becoming the best version of yourself and, um, you know, creating the best life for you and your loved ones. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, like you said, like, I feel like a lot of times people see the now, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, must be nice. Yeah. I yeah, hate the term the must be nice. Yeah. Because it's like, do you know what it took for said person to get to that point? Yeah. It's like, unless you know the backstory, unless you see everything that's beneath that, like, you, you can't say must be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing and it's of, like, with, like, bodybuilding. Exactly. Like, when people see us now, they're like, oh, you've always been in shape. And it's like... You were like I was like 120 pounds and yeah. you were overweight. <laughs> yeah, you were like hella small and I was hella fat. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't always and it wasn't always easy for us. Like now it's second nature because of repetition and volume. We yep. do it. We've done it like Decades. thousands and thousands <laughs> I mean, and thousands of times. Yeah, like we don't have to think about that, but that's a skill that you cultivate over time. And so it's just like, you know, just because you see the finished product, you know, like you have to kind of, you know, at least be a little bit curious of like what is the actual journey? And that's, that's another reason for the podcast too, is like, we're telling you our stories, but we're going to tell you stories of other people that you probably are interested in knowing that have never told their stories. And I think not only is it a cool way to teach people, but you know, people like to talk about themselves and, you know, like, 
um, it's it's cool to know about people. I, I those are my favorite conversations, just getting to know people and like understanding like what what drives them, like what's what's their purpose, like what does success mean to you, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and 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 learning like different walks of life and there's a thousand ways to go about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like no way, no person's journey is the same, but at the same time, if you take bits and pieces from, you know, each person, you know, you put them in your toolbox, you know, that's just a tool to, you know, like maybe you run into something similar, be like, Oh, this is what that person did, yeah. you know? And like, that's, you know, how we push forward, you know? So, yeah, it's like, nope, nobody's journey journey is going to be the same, but your goals are not the same either. So you don't have the same starting point and you don't have the same ending point, but you can take inspiration from, from what other people have been able to achieve and you can feel you know less alone in like where you are because i'm sure there's at least a handful of people that are watching or listening to this that are probably broke and only have bodybuilding money yep <laughs> and yep. want to make it yep 100 man 100 <laughs> so yeah so you know if you like it um as always you know subscribe um and we're gonna be coming out with a lot more episodes and you know just Hopefully we, we can get them out at a regular basis and, you know, really get some really cool people and some really, really so- solid conversations on this podcast. Yeah. And if there's anything that you guys want to hear, anything you want to know about, like we're also going to open up like uh, a Q&A episode type episode where you ask us questions and we'll give you more insights on stuff like that. And maybe we'll do it with guests on sometimes. But yeah, let us know what you want to hear. I hope you liked it. Uh, you know, Leave a comment, share it with someone if you thought it was good. If you thought it sucked, you could tell us too. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. That's it. Yeah. Have a good one, everyone.